This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest right now? Are you feeling lonely, unappreciated, or misunderstood? When you keep these feelings bottled up, they can affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's a great way to increase your self-awareness, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now. So I am here with Ken Foray, an incredibly versatile American actor, widely known for his role as Peter Washington in George Romero's 1978 film Dawn of the Dead, as well as Roger Rockmore on Nickelodeon's Keenan and Kel, amongst countless other well-known movies and television series. A personal shout-out for you were in the A-Team in an episode. I love the A-Team growing <laughs> up. Uh, like Knight Rider, all kinds of like really well-known stuff. So, Ken... Appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. No, you're My very pleasure. busy. Uh, I wanted to start out by first of all thanking you for participating in this incredible documentary, Horror Noir. Um, huge fan of that. I'm so glad Phil at Fangoria kind of like got that kick started. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who don't know that's listening or haven't seen it, first of all, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, second of all, just a r- rough overview. It's the untold history of African Americans through their connection to the horror film genre. And aside from yourself, it features people like Jordan Peele, Tony Todd, Rachel True, and more. So can you talk about your experience working on that film and being a part of that, like such a important part of the horror genre, iconic? Well, we, um, I got a call and, um, they wanted me to, to work on it. Um, I had had various talks with, um, a few of the the producers throughout the years. As a matter of fact, I I did a tribute to Dwayne Jones yeah. in Salem, and uh, uh, there were some connections between those uh, the group that put that on and the same uh, producers for Horror Noir. So, yeah. So I, I, I knew about them. That uh, I think it's um, Graveyard Sisters. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they. Uh, they contacted me, and I was I was interested, of course, and uh, I got a chance to uh, work with Keith David, <laughs> which was great. Yeah, um, I, I I was um, it's a it's history, it's a part of history, and it wasn't just blacks in horror, even though that that was the the title and and the theme, uh, but it was just blacks in cinema, right? You know, which you know is a um, um, uh, you might say an up and down, maybe tragic or heroic venture right. in many ways. So yeah. uh, I think it's, it's an enlightening piece. I think people should see it. I think people should. Um, um, I don't think it's getting enough. I know it's going. It's getting some press. I know it's uh, playing some places. I think Shutter's. Uh, That's where I saw it. Yeah, yeah Shutter's. Yeah. Shutter has it. 
but I, I don't think it's getting enough uh, 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 traction. I it's, couldn't and agree and more. And it should, and it yeah, because it's uh, an important part of, especially today. Yeah, in terms of explaining uh, uh, the African American story in a different light, right? In a different uh, setting, yeah. of course, and uh, that uh, and this is going to be a more and more a an issue as we move forward uh, in the next 20 to 30 years because of this present situation, yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. And I think there should be understanding and communication yeah. and uh, on both sides to yeah. what the issues are, what they have been, how we got here, and, right. um, and where we go from here. And I think horror noir is, is certainly a beginning yeah. you know, for that, for many people. Yeah. Many people, have, of course, have you know, uh, it's somewhat educated to to the history of African Americans in this country and and uh, how they've been uh, used, abused, and you know, and um, celebrated yeah. even, but um, not everyone, and, and right. the vast majority of the people don't. Even even many African Americans don't. Yeah, of course. So, so, so it's an educational uh, journey, and I think um, anything that's going to educate this our populace is a good thing. Agree <laughs> more. That's why I wanted to start with this right off the bat. It's such an important film. So yeah, yeah. thank you for being a part of that. Yeah. And that segues into, um, and I'm not going to dwell on Dawn of the Dead because I know you've talked to that yeah. until you're, you know, I can't even imagine. To um, to um gray in the face. <laughs> gray in the face. <laughs> but I, you know, so. You mentioned um, Dwayne Jones, who played Ben, and that was such an important role at that time. And, you know, I remember talking to George, like I mentioned, about 10 years ago in this hotel about that. And um, so a a couple of questions around that. One is that I have heard and I, you know, I really regret that I didn't get to ask this to George, but I've heard that George, I've heard George say he didn't pick Dwayne. because he because he was African American, he picked him because he was the best actor for the role. But then I've heard people like John Landis, you know, director of American Werewolf mm. uh, in London, say bullshit. Like he knew what he was doing. He was making this statement. Do you know about the truth behind that? No. Okay. <laughs> to I, be frank, yes, absolutely. I, I just don't know. I I made a statement when. George died, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think I was interviewed by someone or someone had me write something. And I said it really didn't matter because he picked the best person for the role. Yeah. And that in itself was heroic. Yeah. It was uh, before the times, I think before that it was Sydney and Lilies of the Field. Right. other than that, I think it was Hattie McDaniels for Gone of the Wind. Right, right. You know, there was nothing, you know. And so for George to say that he picked the best actor for that part yeah. in itself says something about who George was yeah. and what he thought and how he... Uh, what kind of man he was in terms of yeah, yeah, yeah. because he, he he took a he took a risk that many many didn't and wouldn't right 
especially in 1978. Yeah. 1968, right? 68, right? 78, too. For you, yeah. But, you know, in you know, not many people were willing to take that risk. Sydney was the only one. I don't know how that evolved. I was... Um, I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. When uh, when Lilies of the Field came out, and went to see it right away. Yeah. And so I, I kind of it was an exciting moment, but I knew Dwayne. We were in the same theater slash um, activist group. Right. In Harlem. Yeah. And um, Dwayne and I were. We weren't. We, we we saw each other almost every day. Yeah, we saw each other almost every weekend. You know, um, we were very active. We were doing a lot of things, and I um, I, was, I saw the there was a movie house at that point on 125th Street, and I passed by one day, and there was Dwayne's picture all over the place, all over you know in the lobby, lobby cards everywhere. Dwayne's. Uh, I said, my God, look at this. So I ran down the street. We are, our, our studios, our theater was about three blocks down 125th Street. So it wasn't that far, but I sprinted down. I yeah. What's, what's going on? Dwayne, what did you in this movie? He said, shh. Maybe <laughs> sure. Oh, my God, sure. You all splattered all over the lobby of a, <laughs> of a movie house. Everybody's going to know. Why are you telling me to be quiet? He's he, a strange thing. But I, I spent I spent one of them just to, just to talk a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, just stick to I like, I like sometimes you, you'll say something and it will remind me of something else and I'll go up and on something. I, I love that. Thank I you. was with Dwayne on one of the most enjoyable moments of my life. And this was long after National Black Theater with that group that we were involved in. I'd become... I was studying acting with the Michael Schumann Gallery downtown. I had a guy by the name of um, Charlie Adler and uh, Melvina Peoples. Melvina was a singer, kind of a jazz singer. Charlie was, I don't know what Charlie was doing. Charlie was, was everywhere. He was a computer whiz. He was uh, a big, um, kind of a Jackie Gleason-like guy. Sure, you know, yeah, but, yeah. You know, Jewish guy. You know, I had to say Jewish guy because, and I hate to think that's, to make that, that uh, stipulation, but um, it's a Char- 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 Charlie was Charlie was funny. Anyway, they were opening a part of Forty Second Street at that point, from Ninth Avenue to Tenth Avenue, I believe. Yeah, Forty Second Street, and it was going to be these annex theaters from all of the uh, off major off rate Broadway houses. They were going to have an annex theaters at on Forty Second Street. Yeah. And so everybody had Chuckle Warehouse, uh, Circle in the Square, all of these uh, great off-Broadway place, uh, theaters had an annex there, and they were building these things. And so at the same time, um, uh, and Ma- and it was during Mondale's president run. He was running yeah. for president, Jimmy Carter's vice president. So Mondale was coming down to launch it, you know, you know, a celebration. They had a street fair on 10th Avenue for, for to cut off all the traffic. So people were going. So this is a great day if you're a New Yorker yeah. to just 
go have something to eat, have something to drink, enjoy the music, enjoy the, the crowds, hear people. It was, it was a wonderful time. And Dwayne had the um, uh, Black Theater Alliance uh, um, annex. Yeah. And, you know, we went to a few places and I saw Dwayne. And I said, oh, come on, guys. I know Dwayne. I know this guy. So I went in. I said, Dwayne. They said, hey, how you doing? So we sat there and we uh, drank and we took, we, we smoked a little grass and we talked and there were people came in and came out and, uh, but we stayed with Dwayne, the three of us and there were some interesting characters that came through. These were these, 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 these Roger Furman who was a director but these were guys, you they, they were small theater directors but they were very very um, avant-garde, very right. uh, stylish yeah. and creative and flamboyant. And when they came into a room, you knew they were there. Yeah. And they, they, came, they came in the room and they certainly had conversation to match their, their appearance. And so it was, it was, we were having a great time just talking to these guys and they're talking. We were laughing and joking and we were drinking wine and we were having... And... Uh, at the end of it, Mondale came down and uh, you know, opened it to put on the scale up there. And, so, and about 10 o'clock that night, Dwayne said, no, eight of the, it's about 9 o'clock at night. He said, why don't you come up to my house, you guys? Uh, okay. Went up to his house. He lived on, at that point, the West End. I think Riverside, mm-hmm. somewhere like that. Very, very, very nice, nice, nice digs in, yeah. in New York. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, he uh, pulled out, fed us pie and ice cream, <laughs> and we sat around, and there were about five or six of us. And Charlie was sitting there, and I don't know how this came up. Something came up, and we were talking, talking about it. So he said, Charlie, how you feel? And he said, well, Charlie said, I, well, I feel like I should be singing We Shall Overcome. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> fell out laughing. It was harmless. It was it was authentic. It was meant in the best of humor. Right. And we accepted it like that. And we all just fell out of our chairs. That's and amazing. It was one of those great, great days. And from yeah. the time we were on 42nd Street and spent the day with Dwayne, to as the last time I saw him, the next uh, time I saw the next time I I uh, had heard anything about the wedding, I was in Hollywood, but I come to New York to shoot a film. I was staying 50th Street at Howard Johnson's or Ramada or something. It's a yeah. low budget film, you know, but good people. And um, I just finished. And I was leaving in about three or four hours to go to the airport and get back to California. And I wanted to walk around Times Square and Broadway and, you know, like take another whiff of New York and look yeah. around and just say goodbye to it and get, get on the plane. You know? And I saw this young lady on the corner and she had a tie-dye t-shirt, kind of you know, tied in a little bowl at the, at the waist. And nobody was wearing tie-dye t-shirts at this point. She had this big afro, and I said, 
So I, I, I'm going that way. So I just passed by. I wasn't going to say anything. But uh, she was handing out some kind of flyer or something. And she said, hey, don't you, uh... It's, it's, I said, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, I'm, I'm a member of National Black Theater. I said, oh, really? Oh. Okay, how's everybody up there? Give send them my love. Give them my greetings. I said, what are you doing? I said, uh, she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just finishing the film. I'm flying out. In, uh, in about two or three hours, two hours, so I get three hours. She said, oh, that's too bad. I said, well, why? She said, well, we're having a wake for Dwayne Jones. I said, oh, my God, what are you talking about? She said, well, he died. I said, oh, my God, no, no, God. That's how I found out he died. Wow. And right in this, I think that was, I can even name the street. It was 44th Street and... Broadway, Sixth Avenue. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so, talking about uh, Dwayne, and then leading in here, we are ten years later to mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, another, you know, George is just incredible at the way he slips in these like political, socioeconomical, you know, things. And mm-hmm. so, my two questions for you mm-hmm. about that. One is. Did you feel any uh, trepidation or um, were you nervous at all walking in after Dwayne had done, you know, such an amazing job in Night of the Living Dead? And here you are stepping in like 10 years later. Absolutely not. You were ready to rock it. (laughs) Absolutely not. I, you know, Dwayne and I were cut from the same cloth in that way. Yeah. I spent so many years with Dwayne. Yeah. We were, we were, it was... um, this was the time of the um, uh, civil rights movement. Right. Yeah. The uh, uh, we were around at that point. Of the um, SCLC. Yeah. The Urban League. The uh, NAACP. Yeah. SNCC, CORE, the Panthers, uh, the Five Percenters, the um, uh, various Muslim groups groups were there. I mean, it was a hotbed yeah. for 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 young African Americans to say, well, when you know, I mean, you this you don't the the, the African Americans were changing their names yeah. at that point. Right. I mean, you have I'm not going to mention names, but you, sure. you you know that people were not called Rashid before right. that. Right. They were not called uh, Abdul or. or or, or um, uh, Muhammad right. before that. And so we were in the hotbed of that. So if uh, 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 Dwayne performed in 1968, yep. I'm certainly going to perform in 78. Yeah. So there's no doubt about it. We were both cut from the same cloth in that, in that, that. manner. Yeah. yeah, it shows in your portrayal, too. I mean, yeah. you come through like a, you know, yeah. you own that film. Yeah. And my last question is, in the original script, from what I've read, at the ending, there was an alternate ending where, you know, you're on the roof with Fran, and she's like, get in the helicopter, you have the gun to your head. Yeah. And from what I've read, the alternate ending was you actually shot yourself. Yes. So what... I don't know if you talked with George about that, or it, um, what was the decision there? You know, it's so many years ago. Sure, yeah. And, you know, 
you know, as like any story, you know, as the years pass, for sure, yeah. You know, there people have different opinions about what exactly happened. Sure, and there's always, you know, oh, I'll give you an example. I was watching, um, oh, what is that um, with Mel Gibson, um, the the Scottish? Oh, uh, Braveheart. Braveheart. Sure. That was Braveheart. And so he, you know, was deceived and that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, I'm watching the people who say, "Yes, that William Wallace he killed." 30 men, and by the time he gets to the next couple of guys, he killed 100 men. Right, right. <laughs> so, so, I, and so I think that, you know, in this um, situation, I, I talked to George uh, just before we were going to shoot that. And I remember... And my memory would be faulted. This, I mean, this is of course forty years ago yeah, for me. You know, for sure, it's been a lot of uh, a lot of um, things have happened since then. So yeah. my, my memory may not be as, as strong as it was when I was in my twenties. Understood. <laughs> so, um, but I remember talking to George and saying, and he said, I said "You know, it's going to be a dark ending." And I think he said, "Yeah, it is." He said, and I think he said, "You think what he? I, we discussed what the light or dark should be an up ending. And, you know, it should be this." And he said, "Let's make it an up ending. Yeah, you don't kill yourself. That's what I remember. Right now, someone else may right. come with another it's, story. Yeah, and they could be right. Sure. You know, I, I the, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. So I, I can make a mistake. Of yeah. I have in my life, but I, I seem to remember that, and, um." The only thing about the escape that I can tell you is that, uh, I mean, they tested Galen's head. Of course, everybody knows this. Right, they took yeah. the dummy, they put the head up in the chopper just to see what it was like. Right. All right, so. Um, my, um, when I tried to escape, I reached for the rudders of the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> pulled me, come down, come down. The guy who's really flying, flying the helicopter is going, because <laughs> I was pulling the damn oh helicopter. My God. We were going to decapitate the entire, <laughs> myself and half the people on that roof, if I'd have kept it up. That, thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> thank God it didn't happen. I, mean, wow. I don't know what made me release it, because I could have. Right. I, I really wasn't getting that I was really disturbing the the balance of the... Of the um, uh, chopper, so yeah. yeah. Well, I asked that because you know I remember the first time I saw Night of the Living Dead, and mm-hmm. that was such an important movie to me. Mm-hmm. And I was gutted, you mm-hmm. know, at the end where mm-hmm. Dwayne makes it, and then it's just like the rednecks like pick him off, and you see him oh, hooked yeah. away, and oh, yeah. and and part of me though, I love when there's dark endings. Like I, I don't. I mean, happy endings are great, but I like when it leaves because that that was like a reality. It might have been great. Um, it might have worked well. Yeah, you know? but. I was personally, I was like, because yeah, I, you know, yeah, he made it, you know. Like. I sat in the audience like you did yeah. in 1968, yeah. and I knew Dwayne was going to make it. Yeah. And I said, God, thank God yeah. he's going to make it. God. And when he took that shot, yes. Through, I think he shot him through the eyes, between yeah. the eyes, yeah. yeah. I, uh, like everyone else in the world, went, oh, God, no. I know. And I'm from you a know? zombie, you yeah. know, from yeah. the, the little. 
hick squads walking yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it spoke to the time, and George did a... I think he made the right decision with that, but I was, like I said, really glad that in Dawn, like, mm-hmm. we see you, like, and you make it. We survived. Um, we, we did well. That, the, the, that film... It, it, uh, it, <laughs> something, somebody sent me something, I think it was a Google alert, and they called it the greatest zombie film ever made, one of the greatest horror films yeah. ever made. Oh, yeah. It's, and, um, it just doesn't seem to get the credit in certain circles. I don't know why. But, um, it ran number one in the box, box of receipts and variety. Yeah. The first three, Weeks, yeah, that it ran, yeah. That's a heck of a, a statement. It's incredible for a film, yeah. That cost under really whatever the Richard says it cost. They did well. Let's say it cost a million or under, sure, all right? Sure, yeah. And and uh, you can tell it's a low budget film. You can see, and this film uh, carried for number one for three weeks. That's a tremendous. I don't it's think uh, I don't think any horror film. Um, Maybe uh, the, the 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 one where they were in the woods and they were you know, oh Blair Witch Blair Witch yeah. maybe Blair Witch carried for a while I'm not right. quite sure but I don't think many horror films with that kind of budget right has ever carried variety yeah for three weeks and I think people in the know though I don't know if you've um, heard of or seen Eli Roth did a series History of Horror yeah um, I haven't seen it yeah well, so the first episode's about zombies and you know they start with Night of the Living Dead and then they get to Dawn of the Dead mm. and everyone across the board from Quentin Tarantino to Rob Zombie to uh, Greg Nicotero they're like this is the gold standard Night of the Living Dead was right. a phenomenal film right, but right. Dawn of the Dead Right. Is hands down right. the best zombie right. movie of all time, and I couldn't agree more. Like, so I think those that like appreciate the the genre and not just the genre, but the art of film, yeah, yeah. hands down. So, yeah. unfortunately, the, those who don't, I, I, yeah. I yeah, find it very strange. Yeah, be polite. Yes. I <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask you. It's a very small role you had, but I gotta say, one of my favorite. Scenes of you, I just I've watched it over and over in the Halloween reboot. Joe Grizzly, Joe Grizzly, bitch. <laughs> like I love that scene. Um, you kill me. You stand. You're like the only dude ever to stand up to Michael Myers. Like I mean, really, except the final girls. But um, was there during that scene? Did you have any creative input in that, or was that strictly Rob? Like, well, Rob, um. Well, the, the dialogue was uh, something about the uh, I get past Pass the peace and peace. Yeah, and um, you better get on the get on the hills and yeah, take the arches the, or the arches or something. Yeah, like that. and that was that was that was Rob stuff. Okay, and the uh, oh oh um, the also the stuff that's Martin is why I really really wanted to do it. Struthers Martin's role, uh, oh, I'm sorry, this, this line. Um, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted that, that was Rob, and I, I thank him for that. 
but uh, the rest of that was me. I just, I just felt it, man. I called him Susie. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I said, you know, you fucking with Joe Grizzly, bitch. <laughs> and wait, I got something for you. Like, I had a feeling. That's why I wanted to ask, yeah. like, how much of that oh, was man, you? Oh, that, 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 that just, it was one of those things that you're there and you're in the moment and you're, 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 you're just, you're, you're in the moment. You're not conscious of it, really. You're yeah. just, just going to say I'm, I'm going with it. Whatever happens, happens. And we knew we wanted uh, it to be a horrific killing. Oh yeah, which and, it was. And we wanted a, a battle. Yeah. And, which I, which I, I uh, felt I had to kind of, you know, edge it on a little bit. And yeah. I did. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it was a great scene. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, but that dialogue, I just a big fan. Yeah, well, thank you I, for that. That. that went viral. Man, that was, that oh was, yeah, that was everywhere. Yeah, I can't tell. everywhere. But. Oh man, <laughs> I I had no because I like I said, I, yeah, this popped out. But yeah, I went to I've gone overseas and people had T-shirts. Yeah, people told me I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said that in their offices, when they walk in in the morning, and they're having a coffee, yeah. and they'll be, this is accountants, and it'll be 50 accountants, or 100 people, or whatever, 30 people here, and the machinists, or whatever they do. Yeah. And they say, <clears throat> put that down, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. <laughs> no, no, I'm Joe Grizzly. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they will tell me, it goes on for hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, there, it went crazy, man. Such a great line. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I, I, I had no idea, but it, it's... Um, it's one of my favorite lines at this uh, point. I'm so glad. <laughs> like, I'm driving up here and I have that print. And I'm like, I want him to say it right that, but I can't because it's Dawn of the Dead. But that line's so no, awesome. No, no, um, no. Heck, heck, that was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, man. Them, them, a lot of them been around a long time. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, true. Been yeah. a long time. I, I tell you, the taste story. I, uh, someone was talking to me the other night. Friend of mine just died. Just, just Sorry you to cut that. this out if you want. Friend, oh no! Friend of mine just yeah. died, and his name was Jerry Black. And Jerry, if you saw his face, you would recognize him from something. Say, I know this guy, right? right? Sure. Jerry worked a lot. You know, he, you know, so he was working on Hill Street Blues. Okay. And he might have a line here and there. You know, he was, you know, I guess he was sort of like a day player, or he might have a semi-regular role. He didn't, he didn't work that much, but when he did work, he might have a line or two. You know, maybe a line of walking. Yes, sir. He was always singing. And uh, <laughs> just to show you how crazy how my business is and how things, I'm always watching. When you when you're in the business, you find yourself watching the extras. You're watching the, um, uh, you know, continuity. Yeah. You know, instead of watching the films. Yeah. So you're like, What's going on back there? Oh, I see that. I'm reading behind the scene right. instead of instead of what's going on in front of it. And um, they have won all these Emmys, you know. And so they win the captain's office, and I forget what his name. I forget the name of him. What I forget his character's name. But nice man. And then the captain's office of Hill Street Blues. And someone left the Emmy on the file cabinet oh. as you come in his office. So you can't miss it. Everybody that comes in has to pass this file cabinet. Everyone who goes out 
has to pass this file cabinet. And right on top of it is the Emmy that they won. So, so oh my God! It's, it's a bloopers and beef and something. It was so good. It was a mistake uh, show, so Hollywood films and TV. And he, um, Jerry, Jerry, this was my friend Jerry Black because this is this is this is just like Jerry. Yeah. Jerry passes the file, and as he passes the file, very definitely he just goes. Out the door. Wow. That quickly. That quickly. That's incredible. So just a little Hollywood backstory. I love that, that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's like the, the stuff I, I really enjoy. Um, just a couple more questions because yeah, yeah, sure. I want to be respectful of your yeah. time. Um, so, you know, we recently lost Sid Haig um, mm-hmm. and big tragedy for mm-hmm. the, or, you know, for the horror world and, and mm-hmm. outside of that. Mm-hmm. I know you worked with him on Devil's Rejects. Yeah. I don't know if you'd worked with him elsewhere. Um, did you have any kind of relationship with Sid outside of that or any memories of working with him or were you guys not really that close? No, uh, Sid and I, uh, we had, we had a, a relationship where we enjoyed each other. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I had fun times with it. Um, um, we talk occasionally over the phone. I call him. Yeah. He call me occasionally. We say, hey, how you doing? Yeah. What's going on? Everything good? Um, we talked for years. I've known Sid since, um, I knew Sid before Rejects, as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh, and um, I didn't know who he was. Yeah. But I had passed. I, I passed crossed several times before rejects, and he was um, he was an interesting man to to get to know. Yeah. But other doubt. Fair enough. Thank you. You're. I, I really appreciated your scenes with him in Devil's Rejects. There was a. They were a lot of fun. Oh so yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So, just like I said, a couple more. I read that your mom celebrated her 90th birthday this year. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, that's phenomenal. Uh, I'd also read that you were getting up at like 5 a.m. to do yoga with her. Um, How did you get all uh, this information? I do my you, research. I'm telling you, boy, you are. This is. This is this is a little scary. Yes. I th- no, I take these very seriously. Like I said, you're you're one of the gentlemen I've always wanted to get to, and one of my last like bucket lists. Yeah. yeah. So my question is, um, first of all, again, like I said, congrats on her being ninety. Um, mm-hmm. Is like yoga? I know when I ran into you in the lobby, you just finished working out, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. awesome. Is yoga part of like your daily routine? And uh, I I started doing yoga, I think, in California. Many, many, many years ago. Yeah. And it was just, I bought a book, yep. followed the instructions, um, and found it very relaxing. Yeah. It, uh, uh, and I've used it, you know, occasionally here and there. Yeah. Um, whether I've, you know, I went to a few classes at one point. Sure. It's not, it's not anything that I do uh, as religiously as I should. Yeah. And I and I, I spent months doing it, and then I won't do it for a while. My mom had a sciatica nerve problem. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, that starts. I for her it started anyway. At the, I guess at the, she has degenerative um, 
uh, lower back, so the lower the lower back on the tailbone, and that uh, that spine there is you can't do anything about. And so she was having these pains, and she would yell and scream and you know with in pain in the kitchen if she's washing dishes that kind of. And so I heard about it and I said, well, let's try to find some way to to to, to fix it. Yeah, and. We went to a uh, chiropractor, and that worked for about a year. Uh, I tried to, well, I took her to an acupuncturist, and and she didn't really like that. I thought it was doing wonders for her, but she really didn't like that yeah. for some reason. And finally I said, okay, okay. I found a yoga studio that was close to her home within, you know, 10 minutes driving at the most. And I said, and I called them and I said, do you have anybody who would like to, that can come to someone's house for someone? They sent someone over. And I started her working yoga. Then we started going to the studio privately for private lessons. And then we, uh, I started working with her and I started back, I started to do it again, working with her and getting her her to get up. I said, listen, you because I know that once, you know, changing someone's daily routine, yeah, or their what they've done for most of their lives, yeah. you know, and what happens once you rise at, at seven, eight, nine o'clock in the morning, and the things that you, that you're bombarded with in terms of surprises, or we got to go here, or that this happened, or we got to pay a bill, or we want to go to the doctor, or we want to pick up a pharmacy, or we have to go shopping, or then we're invited to this, or all this, or we have to do this, this, and that. I said, you do it at 5 o'clock in the morning, there's no disturbances. Yeah. You can get it done, and you need to get it done every morning. And she, since the yoga, she hasn't had any side of Amazing. So that's what I was after. That's what yeah. I got. And, you know, so I'm glad you hear that. For yeah. I teach a lot of meditation myself and yeah. things of that nature. Yeah. So yeah. yoga's worked, helped me. I have back problems too. I actually just started physical therapy and yeah, it's a, it's a wonder cure. So it, it is. It I'm, really is. It does, does, um, you know, you, you, you're not only doing, dealing with your joints and your muscles and your tendons, you're also doing it with your internal organs yeah. as well. Yeah. So everything's being touched. Yeah. And if you have a problem, you're going to soon know about it. Yeah, know? for sure. Yeah. So I'm going to cut a bunch of stuff. I just have a couple of personal questions um, mm-hmm. that I don't think are too personal. Um, but just about Ken, getting to know Ken. Mm-hmm. Um, what's one of the most beautiful, awe-inspiring moments you've had in your life? I'm sure there have been many, but is there a particular just really, you know, wow kind of moment that stands out to you above the rest or is up there with other big mm. just really beautiful moments in your life gee that's a hard question that's a hard question one of the most beautiful moments in my life mm. having my son ah uh, yeah yeah and how old is he now he's, he's passed oh I'm yeah. so sorry I yeah. apparently didn't do my research on no, that. no. I'm very sorry to hear I'm that. Sorry, and um, hmm. 
tell you an interesting time. Yeah, that's yeah, perfect. That's I had an uncle who um, was a journalist for, uh, well, he went to in any university and uh, school of journalism and ran the in any university student newspaper. Yeah. Um, he uh, went to Chicago and was on was a reporter for the Chicago Daily Defender. I think one of the second or third largest black newspapers in the, in the country. And because he couldn't get a job anywhere else, right. he did, you know his assistant editor or his assistant I guess assistant editor for the for the um, student newspaper at IU was uh, immediately put on at the Indianapolis Star or the Indianapolis Mills but he couldn't get on it so so he uh, worked for the Defender and he became a very important individual in the city of Chicago uh, he was on Mayor Daly's Commission on Human Rights he was um in the social registry of who to know in Chicago. And so it was amazing because he'd take his wife and I out every Tuesday and Friday for dinner to a different place in Chicago. And sometimes it was, this is good. This is not not the greatest moment in my life. I can name many, I guess. I'm sure. Now that that I get a chance to to, to reflect to, to run, run a few things through my head here. I've got a few um, to reflect here. I've got a few few other things I could tell you about that are far more impacting. But this is such an interesting story. So we would go places and the politicians would come to his table. Okay, James, we need you to worry. We need this. We, 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 we're we're, um, we're the mayor, the, the mayor, the mayor, the mayor, the city council, the city council. Uh, are they going to move the airport? Are we going to build it? It was it was it was like a I was it's like sitting in on a city council meeting almost every Tuesday and Friday mm. at a different restaurant, and sometimes even go to some restaurants. Just for the apple pie a la <laughs> We go to Italian restaurant and say, well, no, you don't want to eat it's not good Italian food. But the apple pie a la is the best in town. So worthy. And we'll have it. And I had my first pastrami on rye where I had to reach in a pickle in a barrel to get my pickle. Yeah. Uh sand, um sawdust on the floor. Mm-hmm. And a Heineken, and with my uncle in Chicago. Yeah, uh, he was a, a tremendous influence on on a lot, a lot of our lives, with his sure. nephews and and uh, nieces. And uh, uh, he was he was he was, a, he was a great man, a great man, Glad and well known. So I enjoyed being around him. Learned a lot from him. Wish I'd have spent more time with him. It's one yeah. of my regrets. Yeah, and. Um, I uh, I guess there have been, there have been some pretty exciting moments. I guess I don't know. I'm sure there's some. I'm, 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 I mean, I can pick. I can pick. I can pick. Yeah. I'm trying to find something that I can spin into a story for you. Mm.
Mm. Memorable. How about my first girl? <laughs> no. This, no. This. no. Her name was no, no. Absolutely not. No, I um I would I would say probably um having a chance. I'll tell you something recently. Yeah. Really recently. I've I found that I, I have a talent to write. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, I'm you know, I, I I'm surprised by it, you know, that it's that good. As, you know, I have I have some stuff that's being looked at and appreciated by some of the top people in the industry. That's wonderful. Yeah, and I didn't, something I didn't, I, I, I'd written some things, you know, in school. Yep. And, you know, people kind of, you know, took a look and said, oh. But I kind of ignored it because, you know, my focus was somewhere else. I wanted to do some other things and, I was focusing certainly not on writing, and but I, you know, in my later years, I found that uh, I've come back to it, and uh, it's uh, appreciated by a lot of people. That's As great. a matter of fact, it's it's um, considered to be as, as good as some some of the best that's out there. So. I'm, I'm really happy about that. So a potential book we might see one day? Or no. Just oh, like man, man. Are you kidding me? The scripts that I write. <laughs> I, I, you know, you know I, I had no idea. Why I wrote a huge project. It's a series. Yeah. I'd write about that, yeah. like six part or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, what the hell did you read about that? God, you're getting, you're over getting all over, boy. I'm not going to quit what would be my big no. <laughs> So, but that, that, uh, I mean, it's, it's really draining. Yeah. It really is. Oh, yeah. 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 I was, I was quite surprised. I'm running a, uh, a um, serial killer script, um, and still. Yeah. You know, even though it's nowhere near the length or the depth of the series that I, I, I wrote. Yeah, but it's still just, just uh, there is a pull of emotions and oh yeah, your your brain starts to go oh, and yeah. start to perspire and after a while it drains you. Oh and yeah, it, it, it's work. It's definitely work. It is. And I didn't uh, realize how difficult it could be on on your endurance. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, you know. And so I've um, that's been a, that's been one of the major surprises in the last few years. That's so cool. That I, that's the last 15 years, something like that, that I, I have that kind of talent. Yeah. Yeah. It is a talent. I, um, as I mentioned, I think earlier, I, I that's what I do for a living is writing. Yes, yes, yes. I have three books published. I'm with Simon and Schuster. Yes, yes. And when I finished or was like halfway through my second book, I was living in Canada and married and I'm since divorced. But I remember saying to my ex-wife, I'm like, I, I'm never writing a book again. Because like you said, it's so draining. And and she laughed at me. I'm like, what's funny about that? She goes, 
you don't remember saying that when you finished your first <laughs> book. <laughs> and here I am now, three books out, and I'm yeah, working on two yes, at the same yes, time. Yes, it's, yes. Uh, I've got a cousin that says, do the autobiography. Yeah. Your fans will eat it up. They would. And I said, no. <laughs> you need to get like a ghostwriter or something. Uh, that would be a the fictional story. <laughs> so, so last two, very quickly. Yeah. Um, on the other side of beautiful... And you can go either way with this, either on a personal level, what is one of the most frightening, scariest experiences you've had, or if you're not comfortable going that route, what frightens you most in this world, like in general? Um, And I leave that to you, which way you want to go with that. You know... There are many things that I'm concerned Sure. About, of course. Like anyone else, I'll, I'll sit and I'll talk to people, I'll talk to family, friends, strangers, or, you know, at a, an event, wherever I am, you know, and uh, a dinner party, whatever. And I have the same concerns, the same um, issues as most people. Yeah. You know, I have my opinions there. there you know. Sure. I, um, of course, I have some friends that are of conspiracy theorists that I say, okay, listen, right, it's enough, enough, enough. I, I disagree with you. I don't want to hear any more of it, but I'll fight for your right to, to say it. Okay? Yeah, sure. Uh, but this is, this is what I, I would... This is probably pertains strictly to what has happened to me. Yeah. I, um, I was, I don't know, nine, eight, nine, somewhere around there. And I grew up in a pretty, pretty combative area. Uh, called Lockville Gardens. Mm-hmm. It was a project, but it wasn't... This was a project built for executives. Sure. They were, I forget who exactly it was for, but this place was as lavish as you could yeah. get. I mean, this was, this was something special. Yeah. If, you, if you could see it and have seen it in its heyday... It was just, just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I mean, there was a... Uh, well, anyway, I'm not going to describe Lockford Garden. You can look it up if you want. But sure. It was something special. And I think it was it was built not for poor people, not, not even the middle class. This is for, I think, I think lawyers? I'm not sure if it was... It, it was some... I can't think of who... I don't remember there's a history... It wasn't, I know it wasn't built for uh, uh, poor people or middle class people. It was built for, for, for the upper tier people that wanted to live close to Indianapolis downtown. Sure. And so for some reason, you know, we were in it. And it was filled with African Americans. And so, you know, I, I'd go to other places in the city, my guy cousins, and they said, you know, so you get in a little tussle with some guys, you know, arguments. Your cousin can't fight, get picked, picked on by a guy, so you got to go and say, hey, listen, don't bother yeah. my cousin. They say, where are you from? I'm from Lockfield. Oh, you can fight. What? 
Relation, like I can name a hundred incidents yeah. up to today yeah, that I, sure. could, I could talk about. I'm, most African Americans can, and I certainly can. Yeah. But um, that one, as a young kid, I think was my first example of being helpless and having those kind of things said to me. Yeah. And those kind of things, and not being able to respond because he was so big. Yeah. I couldn't beat him. I couldn't hit him. Not with my fist, because I wasn't going to hurt him. Right. But I certainly could hit him with something. Just to turn it around, I saw. Oh, I could give you stories about this. I mean, being an African American in this in this country, yeah, you know, I had um, I'm gonna give you two stories real yeah. quick, real quick, oh, yeah. real quick. Yeah. I had um, 
there's a semi-pro baseball team in our in our, in our um, uh, city called the Indianapolis Indians. Yeah. And I was passing by, and I don't know why I turned a corner to the entrance of the building, and they were they hadn't opened the gates, and there had to be about fifty uh, people there, all white. And all of a sudden, this tall, lanky, you know, uh, black guy and his buddy came up. And they got right in front of the doorway, of the, you know, one of, one of the doorways, and they started to harass them. And they smacked a few of the people, hit, hit them. Uh, they did, you know, just, I'm, I'm standing back. Yeah. I'm behind everyone else because I'm not going in, first of all. Secondly, I'm kind of like a, I'm a distant observer of the, what's going on yeah, there. Yeah, sure. So I said, what the hell? And he was just, I said, why is this guy doing this? And he was just being an asshole. He just wanted to bully somebody, bully people. Angry white people, I guess. You know, that was his issue. And there was a guy that came up. Now, I know this guy. I don't know him, but I know his. I know who he is. Sure. I know his family. I know he has a family of about five or six brothers. I know this was a family you didn't mess with because they were very good with their hands. Yeah. And he saw what was going on. It's another black guy. Now, out of all these people, there's the two guys that are creating the problems, little me over <laughs> in the corner yeah. going, what? And the other guy that's passing by and sees it and stops. That's from the family that was a black guys that really can, as we call, thump. Yes. A fight. Yeah. 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 And he sees what goes on. He walks up to the guy. And he says, he, he faces him down. says, now do it to me. You know, I said, do it to me. And the guy knew that he wasn't, that he, I, I don't think he knew who he was. Yeah. But he knew that this guy could handle himself and said, and challenge him. He wasn't, he knew that he was in, he was in trouble. Somebody, he's going to have to fight this right. guy. So he walked away, him and his buddy. Now the guy that he'd been smacking <laughs> said, Thanks, Mr. I, I didn't want to kill him. Ah, oh my God. <laughs> As they walk, they wow. the gates, people float in. Yeah, right. I right. said, oh God. <laughs> it was one of those moments. And I said, I said, gee, it's, it's like, isn't life strange? Now, now give you another one. Yeah. Just another one. Just some on this subject. Because it's, it, we had started with Hall Noir. This is, this is, um, it's part of who I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm in, as a matter of fact, the stadium is here, across the street, about half a block, is a supermarket. It's in the Midwest, it's called Kroger. Yeah. Out in, uh, I don't know if you have it here, but in uh, uh, the West Coast, it's called Ralph's. And, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a major, major. When you get to Midwest, it's huge. Sure. And when you get to the West Coast, it's called Ralph's. It may be called something else because it's probably, you know, the, 
I don't know what you guys have up here, but you know, a lot of Rickshaw or something like that, a standard or something like that. Yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, this is a huge, huge company. Yeah. And down south, it's called Piggly Wiggly. It's not Kroger, but it's, it's a franchise called Piggly right. Wiggly, which I never heard of until I got down, went down south. Piggly Wiggly, what the hell? Anyway, so I would go there because I didn't live. All of this, this stadium, the supermarket, it's a major street in Indianapolis called 16th Street. I lived about half a mile from that. Yeah, and I had to pass by, you know, to go different places. I want to sure. go to hamburgers. We passed by driving, going out, to then in and stuff. Yeah. I used to run around with my friends, going to, the, you know, the soy what they, the soybean trucks. Soybean trucks would come everywhere with the silos, and you smell like crap. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Indiana for you. So <clears throat> I would uh, go into the Kroger occasionally to get something, you know. So I went in one day. And this woman, she just looked like, you know that box, have you ever heard of Betty Crocker? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you see the woman on the box of Betty Crocker? Yeah. And the blonde hair, and it's just perfect, and she looks so nice, and you know, just like everybody's grandmother, right? Yeah, right, right. So this woman reminded me of Betty Crocker. And she's always nice, seemed to be nice to everybody. And they caught this little kid stealing candy. You know, who, who didn't go in and try to of grab course. a candy bar when you can, all right? Yeah, yeah. So, so red-haired kid, white kid, or something like that, blonde-haired white kid. And she went to, you know, and, and I'm, I'm in line. They bring him up, and she said, oh, don't, you know, he's just a kid. He's just taking a little candy. You know, don't, don't, don't do that. She's going to, going to bat for this kid. She don't know him, but she's going to... I'm watching and saying, well, that's nice of her. You yeah. know, it's a, she's, she's, she's a nice lady. That, you know, look, look, looks like Betty Crocker. Yeah, she's yeah. Betty. She's a nice, nice Betty Crocker personality as well. Yeah. This is Betty Crocker. This is a nice, nice woman. Lo and behold, not a month later, same age as that little white kid, this little black kid. Same age, they had been about seven. Right. Eight, no, not even eight, seven, six. Caught stealing some candy. They bring him up. You would think this kid was John Dillinger. Oh, man. She would, I said, I'm looking up, saying, what the hell? This is the same kind of thing. This is candy. And what could it be doing? Why are you trying to... Why are you looking at him like he's a criminal? Right. And you didn't look at this other kid like he's a criminal. Right. Why you want to lock this guy up? And you don't want to lock this kid up? Yeah. Why do you treat this... And I said, well, maybe you're not Betty Crocker. Yeah. You know, after all, you know? And so, you know... So those are some of the... If I want to talk about moments that impacted my life, yeah, you know, in 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 a strange, you know, some, you know, I, like the baseball thing—that's the strange right. way, you know. But right. you know, I, I I've had. Um, I give you another example just to show you that it's not—it's—it's it's how complex it can be. Sure, I appreciate it. My that. mother would take uh, takes her to drive in and and. Uh, uh, 
well, she took the drive. They had a, a tire went out or something on the way out of the drive-in or something on the car. So they're on the side of the road. And a lot of people passed them by, especially a lot of African-Americans passed them by. Yeah. Let them fend for themselves. Yeah. And um, white people stopped for them. Fixed it, wouldn't fix their car, and fixed it, put it together, and got them on the road. Um, I could mean probably as many wonderful things that have happened. Yeah. Uh, that were, were initiated yeah. by people who were not African American yeah. that helped, that did wonderful things as well. And um, that's why it makes it such a difficult yeah. situation really? because sometimes you as my father used to well, my father used to say you know why aren't they taking the Quakers for all the things they did for African Americans during slavery mm. and sometimes I say I don't know who's Quaker or who's Klan oh yeah right you know and that's a, that's, the, that's the issue yeah and that's one I live with I live with that I live with that almost everywhere I go yeah and I'm, and and it's always a part of my life. Yeah, and that will be the more difficult things that I have to deal with, and as every African American in this country has to deal with, you know, and yeah. probably every white American in this country because they don't know who they're coming across when they look at an African American. Yeah, they don't know if it's going to be the guy that's. Featured on uh, uh, America's Most Wanted, or, or cops, or if, they, right. they, or if they're making a mistake, and this guy that's, uh, that looks like he's, uh, you know, um, got his hair cut a certain way, or wearing right. a couple uh, tennis shoes a certain way, or yeah. dressed as a cap a certain way, is yeah. really... Um, Studying at Juilliard, right? <laughs> you know, and you, uh-huh. and you can, so it becomes. So I think race has been an important part, of, um, of my life. Yeah, and it shouldn't be, but it has been, and yeah. it's um, one of the issues. One of the best, I guess, one of the best things is. Um, uh, having a family. Having yeah. a supportive family, yeah, that's beautiful. and they've been—they've um, been there for me when I needed them. Yeah, yeah. They've always come to help. I have a family that—if um, you're in trouble or if you need the help—my brothers were always there yeah. to come. Yeah, and they brought. Not only did they come, but they, for the most part, brought. That I think that special thing that you carry in your heart. Yeah. That I'm going to be there for you. I'm here because of you. I'm staying as long as you need me. Yeah. I will be here, and I'm not leaving. And if you need me again, just call me. Yeah. And that's where my brothers are. So they've always been able to to be there for me. So I've, I've been I've been blessed that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have the same. Like, I'm a recovering addict, so I put my family through hell. Right. And they never turned their back. They didn't enable. Mm-hmm. But as long as I was getting well, mm-hmm. they have been there every step of the way. And, and luckily, like, I'm, you know, through that and have a beautiful relationship with good, them. So good, good. family's so important. I'm good. glad you said that. Because a lot of people don't have 
the fortune of no, having they, that. No, they don't. No, they don't. So, no, they don't. Um, well, I was going to ask you what inspires you in life is my last question, but I don't know if that was just the answer or, I mean, like, I think if you want to end it there. Uh, what inspires me in life? Yeah, like what's when you When I it? see acts of kindness, mm. total acts of kindness. Beautiful. You know, when I see people, when I see people doing something extraordinary for someone else. Yeah. If it's if it, if it's even if it's day to day, if I see someone doing something, opening a door, picking up something, I'll help you with that. Yeah. Let me do that for you, not for anything else, but just to help you. You need something here, just take it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's yeah. okay. Pass it along. Yeah. As they say, just pass it along. Yeah. Give it to somebody else. Give these good feelings. Give this this favor that I did for you do a favor for somebody else perfect and the, I teach that in my workshops all the time because you never know the ripple effects that that's we'll right. have like that's right. maybe that person's having a bad day you that's hold right. the door that's you right. give them a smile that's right pay for their yeah. your line at the toll you yes, pay for them yes, behind you yes. and then who knows how far that that's goes right. so that's right that's right. Awesome, Ken. You, it, it's been a pleasure. Right. Thank you for being so like open. Um, I really appreciate the depth of this conversation. Thank you. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your time as well. Like it's been great. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest right now? Are you feeling lonely, unappreciated, or misunderstood? When you keep these feelings bottled up, they can affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's a great way to increase your self-awareness, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now.